it's official. What I've known all along, and a lot of people have known it all along. Well, at least the people at Stats Canada. Canada is a Catholic nation. This is what the original reports coming out of the 2011 Voluntary National Household Survey say. Granted, there was controversy with the voluntariness of this survey. Statisticians all over claim that a voluntary survey cannot be reliable. But the number of Canadians who identify themselves as Catholics has not changed from the previous census in 2001. There are almost 34 million Canadians. 23 million identify themselves as Christian, that's 77%. But more than half of them, almost 13 million, identify themselves as Catholics, that's 39%. And just to give you a comparison, the United States has a total population of 315.5 million people, but only 75 million of them identify themselves as Catholic, that's only 24%. And by comparison, Brazil, the country with the most Catholics in the world, has 125 million Catholics, 64% of the population. While Canada does not have a majority of Catholics, can we say that it is a Catholic country? We are in the top 20 countries with most Catholics, and that's in numbers, not percentages. So, what does this mean? I think that despite these numbers, the statistic is still that 1 in 10 of those who identify themselves as Catholic on the census are actually sitting in the pews. What does it mean to me? It means that we have some evangelization work to do. But we have a great Catholic heritage in this country. That's why we can justify having a publicly funded Catholic education in some provinces. And that's a great place to start. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, I'm Deacon Pedro. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. A quick reminder that we are now giving away a new album every week. So visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slrradio1, that's the number one, slradio1, for details every week. It's easy to be entered into the draw. All you have to do is like our page. So let's get some likes. Today we're very happy to have a featured interview with Matt Marr, one of those Canadian Catholics. And did you know that he was Canadian? Well, you heard it here. But first, Chris will be here with our news, and Sheridan has an update about one of the great summer youth events in our country. Andrew will be here with our Saint of the Week, and Sister Marie Paul Curley will be reviewing two films, one that you probably have seen, and one that you may want to see. And if you're a parent who is always looking for good Catholic resources for your kids, um, especially for you techies, there is now an app about saints for kids. In our second half hour, we're going to learn about the Saint of the Day for Kids app. And it's been a while since we featured Matt Marr on this show because he's a busy guy, but he has a new album and that's as good a reason to have him back. So we'll be speaking with Matt at the end of the program. But here he is now with one of the tracks from his new album, All the People Said Amen. The song is called Burning in My Soul. There is power, power Here in this hour, this hour We're all together, together Waiting here as one There is power, power 
Here in this hour, this hour We're all together, together Waiting here as one Mar with Burning in My Soul from his new album, All the People Said Amen. And we'll be speaking with Matt in our second half hour, and in about 15 minutes, Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. But first, Chris is here with our news. Well, Pedro, arguably the most curious news story this week has been about what a Vatican Cardinal said about women religious. Now let's take you back. Last year, the Vatican called for changes in the Leadership Conference of Women Religious, called the LCWR. That's the overseeing body for most women religious in the United States. The Vatican's assessment of the LCWR was issued by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. That's the uh, Vatican congregation that deals with issues related to doctrine. Now, it said that the LCWR had serious doctrinal problems related to fidelity to Catholic teaching. 
In recent weeks, the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, the CDF, said that Pope Francis reaffirmed the findings of the assessment and that the refor and the reforms that the LCWR was being asked to make. So Pope Francis said it must continue these reforms. But now a Vatican Cardinal is complaining that he was kept out of the loop about the assessment. Cardinal Joao Braz de Aviz is the head of the Congregation for Religious. His department oversees women religious, and he said that it caused him much pain the way that assessment was done. He alluded to politics in the Vatican, saying that cardinals, sorry, cardinals can't be mistrustful of each other. The Vatican since issued a statement trying to diffuse any impression of internal conflict. The statement said that the media misinterpreted the cardinal's remarks to suggest there's a split between the CDF and the Congregation for Religious. The statement said that the two, that the two congregations work closely together, including on that same doctrinal assessment. And it noted that the cardinal and the head of the CDF met uh, on Tuesday and reaffirmed their commitment to the assessment and the program of reform. So, in other words, according to the Vatican, not only is everyone back on the same page regarding reforms to this body of women religious, but they always were. Hmm. In light of all this, close attention was paid to the Pope's meeting with women religious on Wednesday. The Pope was addressing leaders of the International Union of Superiors General. He warned them about dangerous ambition, saying, The men and women of the Church who are careerists and social climbers, who use people, use people in the Church as a springboard for their own personal interests and ambitions, are doing great harm to the Church. The Pope reaffirmed the value of obedience, chastity, and poverty, and he said that even in their chastity, women religious have a maternal role. I thought this was very interesting. Their chastity should be what he called a fertile chastity that makes spiritual children in the church. Consecrated women, he said, are mothers and not spinsters. He asked what the church would be like without women religious, and his response? She would be missing maternity, affection, tenderness, and a mother's intuition. So whether that was intended or not, it was really a nice Mother's Day message from Pope Francis. And turning to Canada, Pedro, you mentioned the results of a voluntary government survey that included responses on religion. And that survey said that more than two-thirds of Canadians self-identify as Christians, whereas there's a growing number of people who say they have no religious affiliation. That's about one in four Canadians, no, no religion officially. That's up from 8% just 10 years ago. The survey also says that there are 12.7 million Catholics, that's 39% of Canadians. As for the second largest Christian group, that's the United Church, with only 6% of the population, and Anglicans at 5%. So again, compare that to 39% within the Catholic Church. Compare that again to Muslims. They make up 3.2% of Canadians, which is way up from 10 years ago, but that number still might seem surprisingly low to Canadians who live in major cities. But that's because two-thirds of Muslims live in Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver. So for those of us who live in those cities, we see um, a lot more mosques, a lot more visibly Muslim people. Only about 33% of 
recent immigrants, however, self-identify as Muslim, Hindu, Sikh, or Buddhist. So it's kind of a myth here in Canada that most immigrants coming here are Muslims. It's not true. Forty-eight mm percent -hmm. of those immigrants are Christians. So our churches may be benefiting a lot from immigration. And you can certainly see that reflected in the ethnic diversity of Canadian Catholic churches, especially in urban areas. That's true. Very good. Thank you very much. Chris Dimitrenko, our news producer, if you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your comments via Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1, and like our page while you're there. Hi, I'm Sheridan, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. You can find me at deaconpedro.com and also on Facebook, search for Deacon Pedro. And my Twitter handle is at deaconpedrogm. And now it's time for Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Oh, Deacon Pedro. Andrew. I've been bothering a lot of people in the office lately, complaining about the fact that I have to go and get my wisdom teeth removed. Oh, really? And I'm not looking forward to that adventure. Yes, that means that so. you've reached the wise age of... I, I'm not going to say how old Andrew is. I refuse is. to comment yes, on that. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew's age of wisdom. Yeah, and so basically, no, I was telling everyone about uh, my wisdom teeth problems. Yeah. And someone had suggested for me to pray to someone named Saint Apollonia. And I was like, who? Saint really? Apollonia? But yeah, Saint Apollonia apparently is the patron saint of dentistry. Okay. So, okay, okay. basically, Good. we know about the persecution of Christians in Alexandria, Egypt. Yeah. That's a big, huge part of our, of our history. And that happened during the reign of the Emperor Philip. Uh, one victim of the persecution was tortured and stoned to death. Um, a second person um, who refused to worship the false idols, which you uh -huh. know they had considered was happening during that time was another Christian woman. You know, her words infuriated the mob and she was scourged and stoned. And there's so many other examples of this. Mm -hmm. um, when most of the Christians were fleeing Alexandria, abandoning all their possessions and leaving everything behind, a woman by the name of Apollonia was caught. The crowds beat her, they knocked her to the ground, and they knocked all of her teeth out. So they lit a large fire and they threatened to throw her into the fire if she did not curse her God, if she did not renounce her faith. Right. She begged them to wait a moment, and then she jumped willingly into the flames. What? Because of that, she suffered martyrdom. She didn't want to give up her faith, so you know she she, she felt as if her back was up against the, the wall. Right. She threw herself into the flames, and for that, she was martyred. Wow. Um, the Eastern Orthodox and the Roman Catholic Church celebrate the feast day of Saint Apollonia on February the 9th. I know this is yeah, yeah, a yeah. going a little bit back, but, no, but I thought we should highlight yeah, her because of your teeth. She, yes, because of my teeth. <laughs> Um, she's popularly invoked against toothaches, anyone who has to go in for dental surgery, root canals, because of the pain she suffered when her teeth were knocked out. She is represented in art with pincers in which a tooth is held. Um, in a late 14th century uh, painting in a French manuscript, uh, the tooth in her pincers glows from within like a light bulb. Um, Saint Apollonia is one of the two patron saints of Catania. In Germany, where the 14th holy helpers are singled out as the patron saints of daily life, Apollonia, uh, the protectress against toothaches and surgery and everything, is one of them. Um, even though major parts of her relics um, are preserved in the former church of St. Apollonia in Rome, 
it's interesting because parts of her body are scattered all throughout yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, that was common. Yeah. Uh, her head is in oh. the Basilica di Santa Maria in Trastevere. Her arms are in another basilica in San Lorenzo, parts of her jaw in St. Basil's. Oh. Other relic, relics are in a uh, Jesuit church. And there is a vial in the treasury of the Cathedral of Porto in Portugal. So that was interesting to read, hmm. as well as several churches in Cologne. Um, these relics consist in some cases of a solitary tooth, one of her teeth, or a splinter of bone. Right. Now, I found this really interesting. In the Middle Ages, uh, objects claimed to be her teeth were sold as cures for toothaches. Yeah, for sure. So it's yeah. amazing what people will do yeah. and will try and scam. Uh, during the reign of Henry VIII in, um, of England, several tons of these teeth, of these so-called teeth were collected in an effort to stop the scam. Amazing tons. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so there was a church dedicated to her in Rome, as I said. Uh, it's the Basilica di Santa Maria in Trastevere, but it no longer exists, only its little square, and that's called, for anyone who's in Rome, the Piazza Sant Apollonia, and that's the only thing that remains. Uh, there's a train station in Lisbon, Portugal that's named after her. Really? So for our Portuguese listeners, uh, there you go. a.k.a. myself, Yes. As one of those, uh, there's a train station in Lisbon named after her. Um, the island of Mauritius, which is just off the coast of Africa, uh-huh. um, was originally named Santa, Saint, Santa Apollonia wow. in her honor okay. in 1507. Um, we know that the island of Mauritius was discovered by Portuguese mm-hmm. um, navigators. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, many churches, many altars dedicated to her. Apollonia, we pray to her because she's, uh, she's the patroness of dentists and people who suffer from toothaches and uh, people like me will be praying to her when I get my wisdom teeth removed. Yes. So she was killed in the year 249. And don't forget her feast day, February the 9th. Excellent. That's a very useful saint. Saint Apollonia, if anybody going through dental surgery or having toothaches, Saint Apollonia, pray for us. The saint of the week, the, 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 the app. new app that's out. You're excited about that, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, that's exciting. But who needs an app when you got me? Uh, I don't know, Andrew. You're going to have to stick around and listen to the interview at the, in the second half hour yeah. of the program. Actually, you know, looks like a great app. So, well okay. done. Yeah, you should check it out. I'll be using out. that You app. should be checking it out. Yeah. Okay, so Andrew Santos, our saint expert. Hi, this is Curtis Stephen with spiritandsong.com. And you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. My name is Deacon Pedro. You can find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash slradio1. That's the number one, slradio1. And like our page for a chance to win cool music prizes. And now it's time for... Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's a joy to be with you today. Yes. I have two movies that I want to talk about Uh that both of them are unusually well done um, Mm. because they're hard topics to put into film. Okay. The first one is a biopic, um, which you may, some of the listeners may have heard about before. It's called Popolusco, Freedom is Within Us. Okay. And it's. Um, it's the biopic of Father Jer- Blessed Jersey Papalusco, uh-huh. um, the solidarity priest who was martyred back in 1984. In Poland, yeah. And it is, um, we've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this to come out on DVD since forever, and since it released in 2009. And it's just a joy that it's out there and available. So 
uh, it's a great it's a great film that really bears witness to the life of Father Jersey. Um, artistically, it's well done, which is very hard to do with a biopic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite accurate. Um, Cardinal Glamp, who who passed away um, recently, he actually uh, stars as himself in the film. Oh, That's really? How much he felt that he was, you wow. know, that this film really reflected Father Jersey's life. Huh. And uh, it's while it is the story of a martyr. And some people may find that difficult um, to watch. Or is, it that, is that really uplifting? Mm-hmm. I felt that the strength of the film lies in, really, it's, a, it's like a revelation of Father Jersey as he goes through this spiritual journey of transformation. You know, he starts off seeming like this ordinary, devoted priest, got a bit of an attitude, and he becomes this pastor who is always... Mm more and more Christ-like, and in the end, he willingly lays down his life to defend the rights of the people he serves. Wow. And it's just, it's a, it's a powerful and insightful film. It's not rated, so um, it wouldn't be for young children, simply mm-hmm. because it does talk about the martyrdom of Father Jersey, and you do see some violence on screen. Yeah. Uh, the other caveat is that it's in Polish with English subtitles. I was going to ask you. Don't uh, let it stop you. This is, uh, there are very few movies that I say you have to see this film, Mm-hmm. Um, this is a great film about a great Catholic priest um, uh, who, you know, for some of us, he lived within our own lifetimes. And it is available across North America from our own Pauline Book and Media Centers. Okay. And uh, anyway, I just highly recommend it, and it, it's a beautiful story of a saint. Okay, so that's great. It's, it's interesting because later on in the show, we're going to be talking about a new app that's out there for uh, daily saints for kids. So we've been talking about saints. Um, so this is a great movie about saints. It's in Polish, but it doesn't matter because it's a great film. Um, it, it sounds a little bit like Romero in the sense of his story. You know, it is. It's such a compelling um, especially because, you know, when Father Jersey first started ministering to the workers in, of the Solidarity Movement, yeah. you don't get a sense, at least from the film, I've only read one or two biographies of his, but you don't get a sense that he knew what he was getting into. Right. You know, y- he didn't know he was going to be a martyr yeah, um, and that he was going to defend the rights of the Polish, you know, the human dignity of the Polish people. Yeah. Um, the ending of the film, I mean, just the transformation that you see on the screen is so powerful. It's brilliantly directed, wonderfully acted. Um, it does have a bit of a grueling pace because you're seeing a government oppress the Polish people. Right. Um, but it's it's really well worth um, any flaws that the movie has. It's uh, it, they're well worth. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're well worth. Okay. Seeing. Good. So it's out on DVD, and there are Pauline books and media stores all over North America, so people should be able to find it. No that's, excuse. That's right. That's okay. right. Um, my second film, yeah. which I, I just wanted to comment on very briefly, I've heard a lot of people talk about The Life of Pi oh, as yeah. a spiritual film. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the story, it's a very imaginative story of a young man's survival when his ship, traveling from India to Canada, goes down in the middle of the ocean, mm-hmm. and he is on a lifeboat with a tiger. Mm-hmm. Now, it's based on a very popular novel by Jan Martel, mm-hmm. and the making of this film is a huge accomplishment by the director, Ang Lee. Again, uh, directors were hired to do this film, and they were like, I don't know how to make this into a movie. So it's another one yeah. of those great accomplishments. And faith is a big theme in the film, and it is well worth discussing. Mm-hmm. But I do have a bone to pick with this film, because I don't think that it's as spiritual as it's been described. Interesting. Um, I think that even though it's about faith and it comments about faith, it really sets up logic and reason 
versus faith, and it creates a false dichotomy. As Catholics, mm. we know that our faith is supported by reason, even when our faith goes beyond reason. Yeah, um, they're really point. together. So I can't speak more because I don't want to spoil the yeah, ending uh, yeah, no, um, of the film or, or the book, but um, I would, if you are going to watch it, I would encourage you to bring your thinking cap and look at it yeah. um, with critical eyes and think about how faith is portrayed in a culture that really doesn't understand what faith is all yeah, about. Yeah, interesting. C- can, did you read the book? I did, I did. D- did you find the same thing with the book? I did. I actually oh, felt that the book and the film um, were very, the film is very faithful to the book. It is, yeah. I, I love the book, and I wasn't, I didn't love the film. I liked mm-hmm. it, but I, um, but I, I see your point. Um, okay, so Life of Pi, yeah. um, good film. My kids loved it, so you can watch it with your kids. Your yes. older kids. Uh, older kids, yes. yes. And, uh and the life of uh, Jerzy Popovicu. I can't remember the name of that film. Uh, Freedom is within us. Freedom is within us. The life of uh, Blessed. No, Blessed Jerzy Popovicu. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. That's all the time we have. So, Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of Saint Paul, and you can read her blog at windows to the soul Hi, I'm Andrew Santos, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can podcast our show for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where you can now listen to Christian music live all day long at that same web address. Just click on the listen live link. And here now is Sheridan. Pedro. Yes. Have you ever been to the Journey to the Father Youth Conference? Yes, yes. Actually, I was a speaker once. Oh. Ten, no, nah, maybe eight years ago, I did one of the one of the one of the keynote talks. Interesting. Yeah, it's a great conference. Because Andrew Santos is also oh, gone there, yeah. and he speaks very fondly of yeah, his experiences. I think it's the best, one of the best youth conferences in our country, the Diocese of Cornwall. Well, yeah. this year's event is in its fourteenth year. Yeah. So the conference is being held from July the nineteenth through to the twenty-first. Mm-hmm. in St. Raffles, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And they also have a disciple program for senior high school students and postgrads up to the age of 21, mm-hmm. which begins just a few days before that, July the 15th through to the 19th. Right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good program because those kids that they form as quote-unquote disciples end right. up actually running the conference. It's, it's a very well-planned conference. Cool. So yeah. information and registration forms are available online at journeytothefather.ca. And unfortunately, we won't be there, which really is too that's bad. Yeah, that's cause we're going to be in yes, South cause America. Yeah, because we'll be heading to Rio for yeah, World Youth Day. We might already be there, actually, yeah, July yeah, 19th. Yeah, mid-July, we get down there. Uh, this year's event will be from July the 23rd through to the 28th, and it's estimated it's going to be a blockbuster event. World Youth Day Rio, yeah, with, I mean, Pope, Pope Francis. Francis. I heard that... There are no more flights from Buenos Aires, Argentina, to Rio. Like they oh don't, they don't exist. Goodness, so they're wow. actually chartering buses, <gasps> because all the Argentinians are now going to so Rio cool. to see Pope Francis. It's going to be huge. It's going to be amazing, and we'll be bringing you everything to do with Rio. So consider us your source. Check out wydcentral.org for all the latest, and of course, you can get everything there. We've even got archived materials from previous World Youth Days, and you can read about it, the official hymn, and you know what you can expect, and reflections, and so much more. So that's wydcentral.org for everything to do with World Youth Day. And in the Archdiocese of Vancouver, there's the Youth Leader Event, which trains youth to be leaders of ministry in their diocese so um, they can lead their parish or their school or their community group and this is for youth ages 14 and up and the program runs from July the 15th through to the 19th and that's in the Archdiocese of Vancouver 
also check out rcav.org to find out more. And that's it for me for this week. Very good. Thank you very much, Sheridan. Remember to check out wdcentral.org for everything to do with World Youth Day. And coming up in our second half hour, Saint of the Day for Kids app and a featured chat with Matt Marr. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I think I say this every time I find a good resource for Catholic parents. We're always looking for books, movies, website, anything that can help us walk that Catholic journey with our kids. And who else better to help us in our journey than the saints? And now there's a tool that can help you introduce your children to that community of saints. And I'm now joined by Sharon Line. She's one of the developers and the illustrator of the Saint of the Day for Kids, which is an iOS app that aims to share saints with kids in a way that they can understand. Sharon, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you very much for having me. So uh, that was a very poor description, but tell us a little (laughs) more about this ad. So what does it look like? What features does it have? How does it work? Well, it's actually a really simple concept. Uh, For $2, you get access to 365 saints that you can read about Uh, that you can pray with. We've got a little prayer for each saint of the day. And then you can email yourself the illustration and print it out for your children to color in. So it's really an easy thing for children to use at any age. Um, We've got, you can search from the calendar, you can search alphabetically. Uh, There's a number of ways that you can actually look at the saints. My three-year-old daughter has been able to use the iPad, you know, before she could string a sentence together. So, uh, you know, this is the age we're living in. So this is just an opportunity to have these saints available to them and just another way to expose them in their faith. And um, we're really excited about it. Uh (laughs) So you and I guess your colleagues who developed the app, um, how did the idea come about? Were you just sitting around one day thinking... How did, you, how did you come up with this idea? Well, actually, it was uh, my sister, Sandra. Uh-huh. She initially, this ha- was about two years ago since the uh, you know, concept uh-huh. came up. Yep. She was interested in wanting to create, to develop a wall calendar for our kids. She had seen one, uh, but it cost about $300 to buy it. So initially, that's what we were going to do. We were just going to do the illustrations and make a wall calendar. So and with, then you mean f- with saints of the day? That's right, yes. Okay, uh, and it was just for our family. Um, and then it was actually her husband, Carrie, mm-hmm. who's a graphic designer, that suggested we look at making the app. Because huh. when he researched it, he was surprised to discover that there weren't any of its kind. So right. we jumped at the opportunity, and for two years <laughs> we had this panicked feeling like, please, no one else have this idea. <laughs> so, right. yeah, that's how it was developed. Um, and then we actually uh, asked a friend, Aaron, to help out because, you know, 365 days, that's a lot of saint descriptions. It takes a lot of time to research. So, uh-huh. um Sandra and Aaron actually did all the descriptions. They researched all the saints. And what was interesting, one of the reasons why we wanted this particularly for kids is because when you look at, when you look up 
different websites to read about the saints, the descriptions aren't really kid-friendly. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. So, uh, you know, we were like, how do we explain to our three-year-olds what filleted alive means? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they focused more on the martyrdom of the saints than they did on their lives. And yeah. when you're a teenager, the martyrdom's the cool part. Yeah. But we really wanted our kids, um, you know, who are mostly seven years old and younger to right. learn about the actual life yeah. of the saint, to be able to relate to them, you know, to know that they took piano lessons too, you know, they got yeah. into mischief. And yeah. um, so that's what I tried to do, especially with the illustrations, connect them more with... Right. Okay. So let me ask you about that, because so you did yeah. all the illustrations, so that's 365 illustrations, yeah. one for each saint, or are there several illustrations of different parts of their lives? How does that work? One for each saint, uh-huh. uh, so one for every every day of the year. Yeah. Um, and what, what I did was I would get the description from Aaron and Sandra. I would look up the saint and see kind of what images were out there of them, and I tried really hard to make my illustrations more about the description. So if they talked more about their childhood, I really wanted to make sure that it illustrated the actual child. Um, So, for example, Blessed Pope John Paul II, the images that we see of him usually are of him in his white cap and the white dress, you know, as Pope. But in our description, it's mentioned that he was an actor. So... I wanted to be able to draw him as a theater lover, because how many children love movies or love plays. So um, we wanted to make it different enough that, uh, you know, there wasn't an image like Mm -hmm. it out there, and kids were able to relate to it. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that your daughter is three, and she's already using the iPad. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, what and and no no judgment here, but what would you say to parents who say that that kids should not be using technology that young, and and we should be reading them books instead of giving them apps for the iPad? For me personally, and me and my husband, you know, we're big Mac fans, but <laughs> um, I think it's a healthy balance. You know, we for our daughter, and I know my sister and her husband, um, we monitor how much. TV they watch Mm -hmm. and how much they play with the iPad or the iPhone and we certainly monitor what they're playing with, right? Right. Uh, But we can't, my husband and I, we believe that we can't be in denial of the world that we live in and these kids are going to be exposed to apps and to games and to TV shows so the best that we can do is to teach them um, you know, the the better choices to make with them, mm-hmm. how to use them responsibly, um, to make healthy choices. Because for us, we think if we deprive them of everything right. that their friends are exposed to, eventually, you know, we've seen it being pushed pushed further when they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my husband and I are both youth ministers, so we've seen both sides, you know, the kind of the overprotective parenting, the loose parenting, and then the ones yeah. in the middle seem to be a bit more grounded, and they learn how to use it responsibly. Right. Um, so we've, we've seen, and we allow her to use great apps with, you know, books and reading mm-hmm. on the app and drawing and things like that. So a good mix. But what we appreciate about this app is that it's faith-based 
it yeah, helps them to grow course, in their faith. Of course. Now, you could have done any any other part of our Catholic faith as an app. Why did you, um, why saints? What, what, why is it important to teach our kids about the saints? I think they're just so inspiring. Um, my sister and I, when we were discussing this, uh, talking about the, the lives of the saints and how much uh, they've impacted the world, not just Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear all these Christian people quoting St. Francis yeah, of Assisi and all of these yep. all of yep. these great people and we wanted them to have role models because right now the role models that a lot of kids grow up with are actors and actresses and musicians and yet here you have um, powerful holy people who lived just like they did and we want them to be exposed to that uh, now as children and grow up with them, learning about them and appreciating them and being inspired to live like them. Uh, so that's yeah. kind of why we wanted that route. It's just they've been inspiring to us. I remember mm-hmm. watching little cartoon videos of saints that my mom would yeah. make us watch. Yes. And, and I remember those stories, and I have a huge love and passion for uh, the children of Fatima. Yes. Because when I was a child, I watched the cartoons. Yes. Um, yes. So this is just a way, an, a different way to expose them to, to really inspiring people that hopefully they can relate to and and want to be like. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So okay. So it's a dollar ninety nine, easy download. It's available off iTunes at the iTunes store, the App Store, but That's it's also right. at your website, saintofthedayforkids.com. That's so it's right. easy to find. If people go in their search engine and they type, it, type Saint of the Day for Kids, they'll, they'll find it. So, That's right, so there's yeah. no excuses. It's not <laughs> expensive. And, but you do need to have an iPhone or an iPad or some other device that can... Yes. That can our, our next big project is actually ho- uh, trying to get it out to Android users Perfect. as well. So That would yeah. be great. And, and then you're going to add 365 more saints so that we're going <laughs> to keep recycling the same ones, right? <laughs> Well, that's our hope. We will eventually build on that. It's, it's a lot of work, but uh, we want to add more saints and add color and, and a few ac- added features. So. Excellent. No, it's, 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 it's very... Wor- I haven't had a chance to, to, to download the app and play around with it, but I saw it's on the website, and it sounds fabulous. So Definitely, and if you need to learn how to use it, ask your kid. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Anyway, thank you very much, Sharon, for, for sharing welcome. a little bit of, of that with us today, and, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you very much for having me. Sharon Line drew all the saint images for the Saint of the Day for Kids app. You can find out more and download the app at saintofthedayforkids.com and also visit them on Facebook, Saint of the Day for Kids, um, and then you can share it with all your friends. And here now is our featured artist of the week, Matt Marr, with Lord, I Need You from his new album, All the People Said Amen. Lord, I come. I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I Every hour I need you, my 
Matt Marr with Lord I Need You from his new album All the People Said Amen. And I think it's a good bet that all of you who listen to Christian music have heard of Matt Marr. His songs Hold Us Together and Your Grace Is Enough are sung in parishes and life teen groups everywhere. In fact, a couple of the songs from his latest album, like the one we just heard, Lord I Need You, are already being sung in my parish. Now I met Matt in 2002 when he was just beginning his career. He was single. But now he's married, he's moved to Nashville, and he's recently become a dad. So lots has changed. And now he has a new album that I've heard it's been described as a milestone for Matt. Also a bit of a musical collage. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Matt Marr. Matt, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you, Pedro. Thanks for having me. So uh, congratulations on becoming a dad. How, how is life? <laughs> Yeah, that's the real accomplishment, right? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it it's a real gift. I mean, it, you know, a marriage is a gift in and of itself, but then, you know, when you realize when you're really open sort of to the fullness of what marriage has to offer um, with the inclusion of of, uh, of a family, mm-hmm. obviously a husband and wife, where, you know, they're, you're a family and you're, sat and you're yeah. you know, you're covenant with God. But when that, when that new life comes in the form of children, it... Um, I think for me, it has really simplified in some ways my spiritual journey, because mm-hmm. um, it's given me a, 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 
a very, very vulnerable, dependent person to take care of yeah. and to nurture. And um, you sort of instantaneously develop um, a level of affection and concern for a person, and they didn't do anything to mm-hmm. warrant it. Mm-hmm. It just sort of happened. And mm-hmm. it. I think for me it's sort of a window into the unconditional love of God mm-hmm. and, um, and, and how... Um, patient he is with us, how merciful he is with us, how good he is with us, and and uh, so I think for me, ever since I became a dad, it's really opened my eyes more to the sort of the full um, dimension of the gospel, yeah. and um, and, it, and it, it sort of creates this infinite loop where it points you to God, and then God points you back to your family, Yeah, yeah. and um, it pulls you outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a, and yeah. I, I know that our new Holy Father, Pope Francis, he's he, he's been sort of talking. I keep seeing him talking about this. That the Church needs to, you know, not be so inwardly focused. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, narcissism is such a hard thing. But yeah, it's hard to be a narcissist if you want to be a good parent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, or a good husband. Um, you know, for Amen. me, it, for me, there was something. I mean, absolutely, you understand the whole, you know, God as parent. But the as a dad myself. To understand God as Father, there's something yeah. I think also for fathers there that that was quite amazing. And my my oldest son is going to be 17 now, so that's just crazy. They they grow I so can't enjoy even it, imagine. enjoy it. Um, so 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 let's talk about the other milestone. <laughs> um, and I I was trying to keep track of your album. This is your sixth album or your seventh? You probably don't even. Um, know. I don't know. I'm still. No, I, I can tell you really quick. It is my it is my seventh. Yeah, okay. Because I'm still stuck yeah. with, with the end and the beginning. I love that album. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, the, the very first <laughs> I one. I love that one. So so why why are people describing this one as a milestone? Well, I think it, it really does represent the culmination of, of not just seven albums, but seven years of touring and traveling. Uh-huh. Um, for me, uh, you know, it represents... Um, like the end of a chapter in a way, you know, moving from Phoenix, you know, where I, you know, obviously I grew up in St. John's and moved to Arizona when I was 20. Yeah. Had a conversion, started reattending mass and participating in the sacraments, got involved in youth ministry, uh, through life team. And, um, and still sort of involved as an advocate for life team. I'm on the board, but I haven't, I don't really do a lot of direct ministry mm-hmm. necessarily with, you know, life seen a lot. I'm I'm on the road a lot on tour, and so yeah. this record really, in some ways, it encapsulates. I think everywhere that I've been, but also everywhere that I am, and it points a little bit in the of the direction to the future, um, which I think for me is was kind of more about the sound, uh, sort of the sound of it. Yeah, finding my voice and um, finding how I want to try to write about you know, the different aspects of mysteries of the church, you know. Um, right. So I think, I mean, I guess hopefully that's, that maybe that's what some people mean by when is it they say a milestone. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hadn't I, heard that. that. That's a huge compliment. Oh, you know? no, you know what? No, but it's almost like it's a, what? It's like, is he, is he done? <laughs> is this <laughs> it? You know, is he done touring? Can you talk a little bit about the cover? Because I think that the cover, the fact that it's this collage of, all these different experiences from your life. I mean, there's even, I think, a wedding picture. Um, mm. the, the, all these, is that the way you see the album as, as a bit of a montage or collage of, of your it is. It, Yeah, and I, that's a great word to describe it, is collage, because 
it's funny that's the word that came to prayer um huh. i'm not i'm not a visual artist um, <laughs> i don't claim to be yeah i probably would have failed art class in high school yeah. and in college but i had i had strong memories i have strong memories of of growing up in the 80s and being in middle school mm-hmm. and remember going and everybody i knew seemed to have a collage on their wall <laughs> and you know yeah everybody had yeah, it you yes, know and there was yes. all, there was a, there was a couple of standard, you know, sort of, there was always maybe a picture of Johnny Depp or of you 2 or yeah. of, yeah. you know, yeah. um, a black and white photo- photography. Yeah. Um, and when I was thinking about this album, I just kept saying, I, I want to make a collage, but instead of, you know, just kitschy pop culture references, I thought it'd be great to have photos of us live mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, photos from my own life, and then just images of just sacred art. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously being a Catholic, just the Sacred Heart of Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. the Immaculate Heart of Mary, images of Pentecost, images of, you know, um, you know, that sort of depict or point towards the Mass by rosaries on the cover, sort of in the in the bottom right corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, and and so it, it, and I didn't really know why I was doing it until the day that we made it. And and what's funny is the record label was still trying to figure out how to to talk about this album mm-hmm. because in in the record industry, if you call an album a live album, um, it's sort of like the kiss of death when it comes to the record actually selling. Right. For whatever reason. And so I was, we were at lunch and we were talking about it and talking about it and then finally it was just, it hit me, I was like, it's a musical collage. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's not... A, it's a collection of, of songs over the past, you know, so many years and I don't think for me it doesn't feel like an ending um, of you know, touring your ministry, it does feel like the end of a chapter. I right. mean, all the, yeah. you know, um, of, of the four original band members that first started touring with me, only one has left. Yeah. Um, the other two have kind of gotten off the road for different career pursuits mm-hmm. and, and family. And and so I, I definitely think that people are right in sensing that it does feel like the end of a, of a certain chapter, but I definitely feel uh, excited about the future and, and what, you know what what God wants to do, but I don't I don't necessarily you know kind of claim to to know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, I mean I know that you know we're obviously going to be throughout the rest of this year touring a little bit and promoting this record and um, you know trying to help point people towards it and and it is a funny thing because it is like it's funny that when it, when an album like that gets well received it generates a certain level of interest you know again and and. Um, for and sure. So I think I'm, you know, it's definitely just trying to be just open and and uh, you know and listening and mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And we'll just see. We'll just see what God has in store. Yeah. So other than other than having, I mean, one of the tracks with the title, all the people said, and I'm going to say it the Canadian way, Amen. Um, <laughs> instead of amen why did you choose that to be the the title of the album is there a significance to that title well there's to me a significance of the word and what does the word amen really mean and mm-hmm. obviously for me as a catholic the highest point of that word comes at it's the great amen yeah it's the, you know right. it's the culmination of the eucharistic prayer, prayer. yep and um and I, so I, I was curious. I always like to find sort of colloquial Christian phrases and look up and try to find out where they come from. Because they all have, you know, semi-liturgical or historical roots. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and that phrase, uh, you know, and all God's people said, or let all the people say amen, mm-hmm. and all the people said amen, it actually comes from the book of Chronicles, and it was when yeah. David brought the ark back, yep. ark back, and they celebrated, he recited one of his psalms, and then it said, and all the people said amen. Yeah. And and so I think for me, the the idea of taking a phrase and then sort of examining and asking, what's worth saying amen to mm. in sort of our current context. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I sort of I talk about the Beatitudes in the bridge of the song, mm-hmm. because I think that there's a profound, and actually, I mean, John Paul, the sec, John Paul the Great, or blessed John Paul II, yeah. he talked yes. about this um, at World Youth in Toronto. Mm-hmm. In the opening, his opening address was he, he called the church, called the young people to be people of the Beatitudes. Yeah. You know, and I think there's there's a really profound and prophetic calling in that because um, the Beatitudes are, are are compassionate declarations. They're um, they're concerned declarations, and um, they sort of carry to me the full measure and weight of the gospel, and that nobody's left out. It it, it carries a concern for the poor. Mm-hmm. It carries a concern for the oppressed. It carries a concern for the persecuted. You know, it carries a concern for the marginalized and the insulted. And those are all the, you know, the people that are really, really on God's heart. And so, and I think everybody in their life can identify with one of those kind of categories, you know. Mm-hmm. You might not be materially poor, but we're all, we all share in a certain spiritual poverty. And uh, and so I, I think that, so for, like the anchor of that song really is trying to just sort of illuminate that um, mm-hmm. that calling and and I think the, the context of it for me has been in a live setting sharing these songs and um, trying to help the church to remember that she is a great work of art like all the cathedrals and you know historical you know pieces that we have throughout church church history um, I just got done speaking to a bunch of evangelical worship leaders last night about right. how the, the cathedral in Cologne, it took 632 years to build. Yeah. And I said, you know, I said, so what does that say about how we are called to build up not just uh, intentionally art and architecture, I said, but people. Yeah. I said, the, the level of investment we're called, if we're willing to put that much investment into, into architecture, yep. We have to be willing to put that much investment into people. In the living stones, yeah, absolutely. The living stones. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, well, that's all the time we have. I could sit here and we could chat all day, but we can't. <laughs> but I, I know that you, you just said you're going to be touring. I mean, you're going to continue yeah. touring, um, so I hope your wife is is okay with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's as far as I know, as soon as she's not, then, I'll make, then, then, you'll, then you'll hear from me. Yeah, exactly. And there'll be an announcement. Exactly. Um, so, and I know you're coming. At least one of the one of those dates is in in London, in Ontario, in Canada. Yes. So, if people are in the London, Ontario area, that'll be July 10th. But you're going to be everywhere. I mean, there's pretty much every other state covered here. So, um, people just yeah. have to go to your website and check it out because um, you're uh, you're going to be around. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for 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 taking a little bit of time to share with us today and for this new album. It, it's so fun to hear you in the con- you know for the live pieces in concert. Um, it's just good stuff. Well, thank you so much for having me. Take care. Yeah.
Matt Marr's new album, All the People Said Amen, is now available. You can learn more and get all of Matt's music and other cool stuff at his website, mattmarmusic.com. We're going to put that link on our website so you can find it easily. And here now is Matt with the title track of this new album, All the People Said Amen. said amen from his new album of the same title and that will take us to the end of the program remember that you can stream or podcast all our salt and light hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and that's also where you can now listen to uninterrupted music all day long christian music like never before thanks to the wonderful support from artists like matt marr go to our website and learn how you can listen online or on the go on your mobile devices and remember to look up Salt and Light Radio on Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1, that's the number one, slradio1. Find us and like our page to be entered into our weekly draw for cool music prizes. Next Saturday, we'll be giving away a copy of Matt Mars. All the people said amen, so find us and like our page. And look me up on Facebook, Deacon Pedro, or follow me on Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for your generosity, for your prayers. Thank you for considering us when you're making your charitable donations. We cannot do our work without your support. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. All the people said amen. Whoa.